Welcome to a new episode of Ew, That's Creepy. Today, we are continuing with our story of the 2020 Silver Mountain Avalanches in Kellogg, Idaho. Jackie will be telling Melissa about Rebecca's survival story, as well as her mission to find Ken buried underneath the mountain of snow. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Ew, that's creepy. Today, we are back with another episode, and I am going to be telling Melissa about the second part of our story of the Silver Mountain Avalanche that occurred in January 2020. Avalanches. True. With a Z. (laughs) (laughs) Double avalanche. You're right. This time, I'm going to be talking about uh, Rebecca Herlin- Patano. She was one of the survivors of the avalanche and uh, Ken's good friend, if you guys listen to Melissa's episode. If not, um, you should go listen to her episode first because you'll heal a little... Because you're... (laughs) Because why, Jackie? (laughs) You guys should listen to Melissa's episode if you haven't yet so you can hear a great survivor tale from Ken. Yeah, and it's so crazy that you're telling the story of Rebecca because, guys, I seriously did not know that she picked that until last time when she said she was talking about Rebecca, so that's crazy. Yeah, this is also on mountainculturegroup.com, so shout out to them. No, mine was Mountain Journal. Oh, really? I thought it was this one. Well, mine is on (laughs) mountainculturegroup.com. There's a lot of mountain people here. Yeah, well, good for them because they write uh, really good articles. Our twin shit with when we pick our stories is crazy. I know, right? Tell me about Rebecca. Okay, so uh, she said on January 7th, 2020, that fateful day, that she had went up to Silver Mountain Lodge and she had met Ken there in the locker room, but they didn't really plan on skiing together that day. She just like was an avid skier in her younger years, really skied a lot, and now she was like a little bit older, but she still skied a decent amount and she obviously didn't mind going herself because she is married she has a husband named terry the couple own doma coffee roasting company in post falls idaho so if you're around there um check out their coffee post cute okay pause do you remember hearing about this avalanche at all no I don't either. Like, maybe because it was right before COVID, and then after that, nothing mattered. But I do not remember hearing about this in 2020. Probably was, yeah, sucked up in the COVID crisis. True. But, yeah, she said um, this day, it was, she knew it was a big snow day, so she, she knew if she went early, she could find a ski buddy and someone to partner up with. So when she went, that was when she saw Ken there, and she was like, hell yeah, ski buddy cute i like love that just leaving it up for the day i'll just find my ski buddy out there i love her vibes already i know and she obviously knew that kent was like a really really avid skier and skied like basically every day is what she said yeah yeah she grew up um in the north cascades and then skied a lot in utah when she was younger so she also has a, a like a lot of um experience they're both pretty experienced skiers 
So, as Melissa said in her tale, they're just kind of going up. Uh, she was recalling the new terrain that was there and that the snow was like getting really heavy and the visibility wasn't great. It is pretty foggy up there. So they were going to ski towards the trees since that would be better with the visibility. Yeah, you guys have to look at those pictures of them literally hiking across a mountainside in their skis while it's snowing. I'll never get over that. Right? And so she says they were going up and they noticed that Wardner Peak Traverse was open. So she said, let's do the traverse. And they turned right off the chair and they saw the skiers and other riders were already headed up towards the traverse. And so they were like, you know, just making their way up there. No big deal. Making my way up the traverse. <laughs> Walking oh my fast. God. Snow is pounding my face. Right? <laughs> so... Uh, when they get up there, she, like, takes a second at one point to just, like, regroup and steps aside, and Ken keeps making his way up the traverse. I'll play my song again. <laughs> I'll loop that. <laughs> right. And she does remember that one of the skiers she saw um, go down the traverse, and she called out, like, have a good run, and that after that, a couple more people started going down. Just everything was normal. And then ahead of her, she could see that there was another person. His name was Warren Keyes. He was wearing a mustard yellow jacket. She'd seen him on the slopes, like, for a long time. Like, there's just, I feel like, when you go skiing here in Idaho, there's, like, regulars, you know? That so was, he's, like, one of the regulars. That was what Ken said about the person in front. He didn't say a name, but he just knew that he was, like, an avid backcountry skier. So I'm kind of loving this, this little ski community of all these experts. Right? So she was, like, that's what she said. Like, she knew Warren by name, but there are also some people she knew their face but didn't know them. They're just regulars. But the mountain had reported 16 inches of new snow that day. Damn. 16. That's a lot. Hell yeah. It's like snowmageddon that we had that one year. Yep. So, Rebecca was about a third of the way across the traverse, and she was like a few people away from Warren, and they were still breaking the trail. She also saw another guy whose name is Bill Fusick, but at the time she didn't know his name. He was just a regular. But he looked back and, like, they acknowledged each other and just, like, smiled and nodded and stuff. You know, they're getting closer to the traverse and it's ready for them to go down. She calls up to Warren to see if it's time, you know, like, should we go down yet? But he doesn't say anything, so she turns to Ken and said, how about here? And he nods, and they're about to ski down, and she says she made one little turn, and she saw a shape under her boot, which was a small slab of snow, and she could just tell from the way it looked, obviously, that it was an avalanche. Oh, gosh. So she said she she never heard a crack or release or any sort of noise that would have, like, indicated it was coming. She just saw it from uh, the snow, and she called out, heads up, slide, and she could hear Ken yell back, this is happening. 
So I'm sure they're just like shook, obviously. Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine. Then for the rest of your life, I feel like looking down in snow, you'd have that traumatizing feeling of the snow slipping out from underneath you. Yeah, that sight of like what it looked like. Ugh, I just got chills. Yeah, and she said that underneath her skis, the snow just was like turned to cottage cheese. That's literally what she said. Oh my God. So uh, it was sinking, but like rising at the same time. So she thought maybe like she could ski out of it but knew that wasn't happening so she was just like having so many thoughts at once as I'm sure Ken was too and she said she was the back of her skis were like covered in snow and kind of being pushed down so she was being driven down in the snow a little bit but also she was still kind of riding the top of the snow on her skis but she could just feel like the weight of the snow on the back of her Mm mm-hmm um, but her ski tips were somehow being pushed upwards, so she's still in a better position coming down than Ken is. <laughs> That's for sure. Ken yeah. is under the snow. Well, yeah, she's, like, riding it out a little bit, and I don't even know if it's, like, she's playing a part in this or it's just happening so fast, you know what I mean? Right. But in the end, uh, she is, like, encased in snow as well she can feel it moving up her back and over her shoulders and like around her neck um and she said at one point she could actually hear herself yelling no 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 as like more snow just kind of like was packing around her oh my god that just my heart just sank right but then everything stopped and she said it was almost like this really loud noise of just like everything coming to a halt all the snow just stopping and she realized she was obviously breathing and alive and she was like in a tight skiing squat and was just like compressed in the snow there oh my gosh the snow covered her knees and it was loosely around her arms and it was like up to her chest and the back like the back of her had a lot more snow but she could see in front of her But she was still pretty buried. Like, it took a lot of fighting to get out. But she obviously had a lot of adrenaline from it. So she pushed her head back. It was, like, looking around her to see the damage. And she said about 10 feet behind her, she could see Ken's hand in his ski pole. And so she called out to him, and she heard that he called back and said that he was okay. And then 15 feet in front of her, she could see the backside of a black helmet, which was Bill, who was the other guy who was skiing down. Mm -hmm. And his face was covered with snow, but he could yell, help me. And she said he wasn't like frantic, but she could tell his voice was pretty shook. And then she sees another person at the bottom of the path who was Warren. And he was standing upright, but he was also buried up to his chest, but he was still alive. So she can see that all three of the guys are still moving and stuff, even though they're all pretty, like, not everyone's shook. It's crazy they all ended up around each other, too. I know. she could see, like, four other people. I know. At first, I guess. Yeah, so she says she starts pushing the snow away from her as quickly as she can, just with her hands and stuff, and she's able to break her right leg free. Uh, But when she tries to move her right knee, it's in a lot of pain. So something's, like, wrong with it. But she's, like... (laughs) 
<laughs> Your explanation. <laughs> I mean, but something's like wrong with it. <laughs> something's wrong with it, girl. It's not okay. Your right knee is not okay. But she's able to keep going and like just kicking her skis out of the snow, trying to stand up. I'm sure this took so much effort after literally just being sucked up in an uh, avalanche. <laughs> yeah. Maximum but, effort. Like a Deadpool. Yep. But she's like using her poles and stuff, stabbing it through the snow, and she's moving really quickly because um, she's just trying to help other people. Hell yeah, and Rebecca. Eventually, she pulls herself out of this encasement of snow and she pushes against like her skis to get leverage to get herself out. And she sees Ken and he's waving and his voice is calm and he seems like okay. And then she looks down the hill and sees Bill and she hears like his voice. He's kind of like not okay. So she makes the decision to go to Bill first and try to help him. So she is just crawling down there because he's only 15 feet away and it's pretty steep and uneven from the debris. Mm -hmm. So she's crawling down there. She places her skis on both sides of his helmet and is kneeling behind him. And she bends over to start wiping the face. <laughs> she bends over to start wiping the snow from his face. <laughs> just caressing his face. It will yeah. be okay. But she's wiping the snow away and then... Out of nowhere, she's hit by the second release of the avalanche. Oh, my God. She said she wasn't thinking about it at all. It was totally unexpected, even though it is, like, common for a second one to happen. I think she was just so shook. That was never even, like, a thought yet. And so set on helping someone else. Yeah, and so she was, like, not expecting it at all. The snow just hits her from the back and knocks the wind out of her and just tosses her over Bill and slams her into more snow and she's tumbling with the sl slide of the snow down the mountain so she's just like doesn't even have her skis or nothing this time oh my god and she comes to a rest head down and she's partially buried but most of the snow kind of just went over the top of her and slid beyond her down the mountain so she's like in a lot of pain this time and pretty shocked and confused but she has even more adrenaline, and she, like, just rises to her knees and is in survival mode and just gets up and is like, what happened? Whoa, Rebecca, she's crazy. Oh, yeah, Rebecca is a fighter. Like, she is in fight-or-flight mode right now, but... Rebecca had a guardian angel, like, on her back. She said that everything she did was just pure reaction and instinct, and, quote, my awareness of everything around me is reduced to this single thing, survive. It's always so interesting to me when people go into these life-threatening situations and it's almost like animalistic instincts. You're just acting to survive. That's You're, always the craziest thing to me. Yeah, it's almost like the piece of your brain, like the subconscious takes over and you just like puts the emotions to the side for yeah. that bit. And it's like, you are getting out of here. Oh, I love that. It's so crazy and inspiring. Right. So Rebecca looks downhill. She sees Warren. She's, like, 15 feet closer to him this time, and their eyes meet. She's like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. Are you? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm okay. And so then she looks up the mountain, though, and just screams no, because she looks up, and where Bill and Ken were is just snow. She can't see anything at all. No. She can't see Bill's helmets or her own skis that she put out. She can't see Ken's hand. There's no movement. It's just like, 
huge mounds of snow now. So she says she's obviously frantic because just a couple minutes ago, she could see them, all the survivors, and now it's only her and Warren. So she unzips her coat and grabs her phone and makes three calls, like, so fast. She had service? Yeah, I'm assuming. God, who's her carrier? So, one, she calls a ski buddy and instructor who works with Silver Ski School. And so she's like, you need to get down here with help. And she said that Ken was buried and this person needed to bring everything and everyone ASAP. She also called another buddy and a longtime volunteer patroller named Joan and basically said the same thing, like, get help. And then she also called her husband, Terry, and told him, Ken, our good friend, is buried, but I'm okay. I'm trying to help other people, so I'm going to be doing this. <laughs> like, right. don't call back because I don't have time to talk, but I'm okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't she call said, back. I'm busy, bitch, but Well, she help. said she did tell him, like, don't call back because, yeah, like, I'm not going to answer, but I'm doing this. But I'm okay. I love Rebecca. Yeah, she is totally in fight or flight mode. And so she just goes back to what she's doing and she like looks back to Warren and he's made some progress freeing his upper body, but he still needed some help because he was like pretty encased. And like she a sees sausage. A snowsage. Oh my god, he is a snowsage. But then she sees Ron, um, who was another skier, and he arrived on the scene, so she's like, Okay, I have some help. So she's trying to make her way up to where she saw Bill and Ken the last time and tries to start digging in the area. As she's digging, there are also more skiers who are arriving now, and she's starting to tell people that there are people, like, buried under the snow, obviously. Mm-hmm. She can tell a skier is there who's calling 911. Uh, eventually, two ski patrol people appear. So they're, it's like they're starting to get a lot more people, but... It's not necessarily helping because they have no idea where they are. Right. Or where to even start. Yeah. So the first task was to just help dig Warren completely out, which they do, but even that still takes a while. So they're trying to go pretty quickly, but they still get him out in some time. They ask if they have, when more help arrives, they do ask if Rebecca and everyone had their beacons, which is like a little sensor thing that basically tells you where people are under the snow. Oh, that's cool. But Rebecca said she had given away her beacon that year because it's kind of like for emergency type, like if you do skiing a lot where there's a lot of avalanches. So she just said she like never thought that she would need it. So she didn't have hers. And I don't think she was too sure like, if the other people did, because it wasn't really a conversation that they had. Yikes. Not cool. Yeah. But people did show up with probes and poles and stuff to, you know, stick in the ground. And they had shovels. So people definitely had the equipment to help now. But still taking a while and time is of the essence. Yeah, like, still, where do you even start when you're looking at an entire mountain covered of snow? Right. But eventually someone did call up that they had a probe, like, meaning that they found someone under the snow. Oh. And so Rebecca's like, do you see my skis? Are there pink skis around? Because she assumed from the place that it was Bill that they had found. But they say no, there aren't any skis there. 
And this is when Rebecca realizes for the first time that there are other people buried in the snow other than just Bill and Ken. Like, she literally thought that that was, it was just them two. Oh, my God. She didn't even realize there were more. What a sad feeling. Yeah, so she moves down the hill and sees that the person they're pulling out of the snow isn't Bill. She sees that there's a lot of snow around the victim's head and a lack of color in his face. And she knew, like, things weren't looking good for him, but she decided to keep moving. And sadly, this person was actually Carl Humphreys. He was a friend to many um, and kind of like a regular on the slopes. He was the first skier found, and he was worked on by several patrollers and then removed from the scene pretty quickly. And he sadly was one of the people who lost their lives that day. Oh, my God. Yeah, so and he was like, the first person they found, and he had already passed, sadly. That's, like, the definition of survivor's guilt. Like, why did Ken and other people survive after being buried for an hour when someone who was found first didn't? Like, I couldn't imagine living with that. Yeah, and Rebecca really feels that, obviously. Like, that she just says that in this article, but... Like, seeing... You would live with that forever, seeing him get pulled out, and then knowing... Oh, my God. Yep tragic so sad yeah meanwhile rebecca didn't even know that that person dies like she just has to continue saying like i still have ken and bill that i'm looking for right like you can't even grieve yet Mm -hmm. and that's when like she says someone on the phone says that 40 minutes have passed and she's like literally about to freak because she realizes times of the essence like what so she's, she calls uh, her husband Terry again and just asks him to basically pray for them and that they Aww. haven't found Ken yet. So Ugh. she's shook. How hopeless you would feel. Right? But the rescuers did announce a short time after that they had a second, like, hit basically in the snow. They had um, another person that they found and they discovered the black helmet of Bill and Rebecca's skis were buried right next to him. So, he was alive. Yay. Yeah. So, Bill was alive. So, Rebecca keeps moving uphill, keeps trying to think of the last place she saw Ken in relation to Bill. She has her two friends, Joan and Ernie, who she called to come help by her side. And they're just trying to, like, probe the snow, trying to do all they can. Her adrenaline is pumping, and she said at one point she was yelling, not at anybody, I think just, you know, like, from being so worried, Mm -hmm. and she said that somebody told her, stop yelling, that's not helping, and she thinks that they didn't even realize that she had just survived this, like, she was literally in this too. Damn. And that's so tough, because they're kind of right, you know, for other people, you kind of, you'd want things to be calm because calm is more helpful. But at the same time, when you just survive something, how annoying that would be for someone to say that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you don't even know what I just went through, but I would be like, bitch slap one, bitch slap two. (laughs) But she said that they did like Joan called out probable hit and they all started digging in the area and they found first the hand that was in the air. It was still frozen in place, like oh from where God. Ken had had it. And Ken was alive. He was yelling, like yelling for help and stuff. Oh. And everyone actually started clapping and cheering when they like realized that he was okay. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. What a miracle! 
Right. I don't know why when you said digging, I just pictured like ten foxes digging. Like <laughs> that's how I pictured them digging. Basically, people out. what they were doing. Yeah. So thank God they get him out and he is alive. She calls her husband Terry. He's like, woohoo, that happened. She looks around at this point and realizes that there's like forty people now in different groups, just all on the path trying to collect like what's been lost. Their toboggans, snowmobiles, and the snow cat. So it's like a big thing now. And she really realizes the gravity of this situation. She sees that Bill is pretty disoriented and woozy, but he's definitely alive. And she sees the vacant hole where Carl, the man who sadly passed away, where he had been taken out. And she realizes how surreal everything really is. Mm hmm. She does when they finally get Ken out. She sees him and they just embrace for a really, really long hug. Finally, thank God, just crazy thinking an hour ago they were about to take off and have a great time down the slope. Yeah, and they have that selfie of them on the lift and everything. Yeah, and she sees that Ken is like struggling to even get his gloves off. He's shaking so bad just from everything. So she realizes Ken was in bad shape and still had recovering to do Mm -hmm. so they take ken off to the hospital get him to some help and she takes a step down the hill and like this is when she finally realizes how exhausted she is she could barely even make it down the hill she was had just gone through so much her body was just getting her through it with pure adrenaline she dug herself out of two avalanches and then helped people both times not to mention the weight of the snow on your neck and back when that would come sliding down on you the weight i have on my neck and back as it is being a average human being right and so she said that she like some skiers helped her down and on her way down a ski patroller asked do you think anyone else is buried and she said there could be like she really didn't know so they did continue the search and She located her skis and just made her way back down the mountain. She actually skied the way back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she said like that much she could do. Probably quicker than walking, I guess. Yeah, and so when she made her way down there, like all she cared about was Ken too. She was just looking for Ken, trying to find him in the hospital, trying to make sure that he was okay. Her husband showed up and she was literally limping from her knee being injured. And her husband was like, you need help and this was when they also kind of realized too that Rebecca was in shock as well it did not set in for her that she was just a survivor of this too yeah like the same thing with Ken you want to help other people and then you realize at the end that you're also a victim and a survivor too yeah so when she makes her way back to her husband Terry she also has to immediately answer some questions from the sheriff which I'm sure it's just like not even setting in yeah outer body at that point out of i said whatever yeah but um she does receive some medical help at shoshone medical center even though she went there literally just to look for ken but he wasn't there but husband was like i think you should go get looked at rebecca's amazing literally she is awesome and so is ken Yeah, but sadly it was when she got to the hospital that she had found out that Carl Humphreys was confirmed to be dead. She didn't even know until that point. Mm. And then she also found on later in the evening, sadly, that Scott Parsons from Spokane 
had passed away and Molly Hubbard, who was from Oregon. So there were seven people buried in the avalanche and three of them passed away, all just on the Wardner Peak Traverse. So Rebecca, just like Ken, really, I'm sure, is still healing from this. She says afterwards her brain really struggled to function and just realize what happened. She cried when it would snow in the couple following days, and she tried to return to work, but just really had a tough time. Had a lot of, like, mental fog and stuff, which occurs a lot when you go through a traumatic event. She said that, you know, she met up with Ken, and Ken and his husband, or, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, (laughs) Ken and his wife, Ruth, and her husband, Terry, all had dinner and like literally just talked about their new lives like this is their new reality later though terry and rebecca did host a dinner for the people who did survive the avalanche and their spouses and yeah she said it was like they all just cried and was like therapeutic how tragic but healing at the same time to I'm sure that'd be so hard again, survivor's guilt, but at the same time, wanting to feel grateful for surviving. Yeah. And she said that her friends actually did, like, not make her, obviously, but took um, a ski trip with her to get her kind of out back into it. And she cried, but, you know, she was able to do it and was able to ski again and stuff. And eventually she was able to go to the traverse at Silver Mountain and ski it with her friend Joan to just kind of get back into it but she obviously feels horrible for the people who were buried who she wasn't trying to save because she like had no idea that that was going to happen or that there were other people even buried so she just like Ken has a lot of survivor's guilt didn't go into it as much in the article but the article i'll obviously link it it was amazing it was all written by rebecca it's very very detailed too like i didn't go all into it because i don't know ski terms like that at all but that's the way it was with ken it was definitely a lot uh-huh. more detailed what a sad feeling for rebecca thinking like i save people but at the same time i could have been stepping over people because i didn't know that others were buried i'm sure that's what they have to their thoughts are like that often and it is really really sad because that's definitely what people don't realize is that even though survival is beautiful it comes with a lot of guilt and so obviously everybody all of our listeners should just wish all these survivors of any sort of avalanche or anything like that all the healing especially since that was going to be two years ago coming up and it's not that long ago yeah and too think about it for the people in your lives who have gone through their own traumas and you know even on a smaller scale trauma can affect you at any time even when you thought you've put it to bed and it's healed it'll creep back up on you so you know everyone just let's just take a second around the holidays to be grateful for what we have and at the same time be patient with those and understanding of people who have gone through some trauma here i completely agree and just be patient with yourself too Ugh, if those, you're healing. Those stories are crazy. Like, it wasn't crime, but I think I'm, like, literally reevaluating my entire life and everything I've known after that. Same. Like, I might need to just go cry for a minute just because. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and be like, hell, Cam, I'm getting in the shower. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm going to blast music and have a sad cry in the shower. 
But and then appreciate my life at coming through a new lens after that, basically. Seriously. But we hope you guys like that story. We wanted to switch it up from not the crime. Oh, the crime. We needed to switch it up. We hope you guys liked it. And yeah. obviously let us know if you guys have any skiing stories or skiing experience. Yeah, and let us know if you guys want more survival stories like this. Jackie and I love watching so many shows about survival stories, whether it's natural disasters, animal attacks, we everything like that. So let us know if you guys want to hear more about that, too, or if you're like, mm, more crime. Either way, let us know. Let us know and wish everybody all the healing. Yep. I hope you guys have a great December and a great little winter month. Stay warm and stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.